The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And Chuck Liddell makes his Talk is Jericho debut today. The UFC Hall of Famer and former light heavyweight champ is talking about some of his biggest fights and opponents, including Tito Ortiz and his two legendary bouts with Randy Couture. Chuck tells great stories about cutting weight back in the day in his plastic suits, how he started in MMA in the first place, and the advantage he had the first time he stepped into the octagon. Chuck also talks about his relationship with Dana White, filming Ultimate Fighter, and competing on Dancing with the Stars. I know what that's all like. Plus, Chuck's got a brand new podcast of his own. It's called Icebreakers. He hosts it with comedian Adam Ray. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch it on YouTube. New episodes out every single Monday. All right. Chuck Liddell is here on Talk is Jericho starting now. good news about the pandemic and the lockdown is there's all this technology so that we can still talk and chat but there's so many of them it's hard to figure out which one is which sometimes and chuck liddell we just had to figure it out uh ourselves oh, yeah okay my, my computer crashed i'm waiting on because all the pandemics i'm waiting on a video card like right so and so i'm waiting on that we're waiting to get one of those to fit, finish put my new computer together so i'm using my kid's ipad <laughs> Uh, but it worked out, and we're here. Uh, uh, and it's, we've, never, we've never actually met face to face before, which is strange. But uh, it's cool to have you here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good to be on, man. So uh, you have a new podcast coming out, uh, Icebreakers, just to get right into it. And what made you decide to jump into the uh, world of podcasting? You know, uh, people have talked to me about it for a long time, and you know, it's a way to talk to people and talk to fans. And uh, you know, I really hadn't you know, done anything about it. Always, I never really kind of understood the podcast thing, what, how you do it, what, what to do or right. when to do it. Or, you know, I just, I, I've been on a lot of podcasts, never really got around, got into the um, actual uh, making of them. So when, when they came to me with it, with the idea of doing it, I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, I'll try it out. I'll check it out and see how it goes. And uh, it's been fun. We're doing, got, got, got started and we're going to, uh, I think we'll start putting them out pretty soon. Are you pretty much uh, dealing with UFC stuff or just kind of guy stuff? Just guy stuff and, and just whatever whatever topics we kind of go 
kind of flown through different things and we'll cover some UFC stuff, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to, mm-hmm. you know, not to mention a lot, of, a lot of my stories or anything that comes up during the, during the conversation. Now, you know, a lot of it have to do with the uh, mixed martial arts or UFC because I've, you know, it's been my life for the last, you know, 30 years. Well, it's interesting just kind of, kind of to jump into it. it. We're talking about lockdown and all that sort of thing, but one of the kind of the first events, that we're having in the states is is UFC in Jacksonville, which is where I work out of, and you know they sold fifteen thousand tickets in five minutes or whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see. But how do you feel a- about that? Well, I'm excited to have it back to being kind of back to being kind of normal. You know, being I think it would have been really weird to fight that fight that way. I mean, it was a little strange even fighting uh, in Japan when you go and walk out. You know, and you walk out, it's, right. you know, kind of going crazy. But then when the fight starts, it's like you can, you can talk to your corner. Just regular volume conversation with your corner. Yeah, okay. What do you want me to do now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You go, you know, not like normal where it's so loud, you know. Well, they're very, they're watching in Japan. They're very attentive because it's the same when you wrestle there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's they, they would, you know, they're a very educated fan base too because the guy passed a guard and, ooh. Yes. You know, it's another big, you know, big, you get some big moves. Ooh. <laughs> right. You know, but they're, they're paying attention. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really kind of cool, but kind of, but kind of weird. First time, you know, first time you do it, it's kind of a little different. The first time you do it, yeah, it's like this is really like, do I suck? Like no one's making any noise whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> who did who did you fight in Japan? How many times did you fight there? I fought a few times out there. Uh, Guy Metzger, Al Shoverim, uh Rampage, and you had big crowds. Oh yeah, I think eighteen thousand was the biggest one I fought fought at over there. But they they've had a lot bigger crowds over there. But that's the biggest one I fought in front of. Well, Japan was kind of one of the the initial kind of early days of, of MMA fighting. Kind of started in Japan in a lot of ways, didn't it? Yeah, a lot, they had a lot of. Well, they, they had a lot of. Uh, they had a, you know, the two big organizations were Pride and UFC. You know, so you had the two big for a long time during my especially during my career was you know who's the, who's the real champion, the UFC champ or the Pride champ? Right. Yeah, you know, there's always that that kind of thing going back and forth for a long time the rivalry right yeah it's interesting because you know you had such a storied legendary career in ufc but it's changed so much since when you first started because when you first started it was almost kind of um like an outlaw type of a of a, of a sport yeah it was on like it actually i think i was the last my first fight in ufc was the last one on cable pay-per-view and then it kind of moved to like i still had pay-per-view but it didn't have like the, the broad pay-per-views you know, I kind of got away from that for a little while before they, before the Fertitas bought it, and 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 the Fertitas brought it back. You know, who was the first owner when you started? SEG was the company. I forget, I forget the guy's name. So, so kind of how how did you hear about this? Because when did you start? In like ninety five or, or? ninety eight? Ninety eight was my first fight. Ninety eight. Yeah, and really, I got into it. I kind of kind of fell into it. Really, I, I was fight. Um, I was kickboxing, competing, mm-hmm. trying to. I finished up school, but I didn't want to get a real job, so kickboxing sounded good. So I was doing that for a while, and then a uh, guy asked me if I wanted to do a mixed fight. Nick One Kick, Longgren, actually, the guy got me into kickboxing, got me to do a mixed fight. Do you want to do a mixed fight? I heard you used to be a pretty good wrestler. Do you want to do a mixed fight? I said, sure, why not? So I went out and, and did a mixed fight in Vegas. Turned out to be an open-hand slap fight. It was kind of like, it was supposed to be like a, a way he's going to do a few mixed fights on one card. It's supposed to be striking, 
full striking on your feet. And when you get to the ground, there was no, there's no striking, just wrestling. Mm -hmm. But then by the time we got to the fight, it was like, okay, you can slap on your feet, kicks and slaps on your feet. And then when you get to the ground, no striking whatsoever. Originally, we were supposed to be able to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I went out and fought, knocked the guy out with a head kick. And then the guy, the guy in the crowd goes, hey, do you want to fight in the UFC? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? That sounds great. And so they offered me a fight in the UFC. So I, I was in a four-man tournament. I was an alternate for a four-man tournament. So I got $1,000 to show up. <laughs> Second place was $10,000. First place was $20,000. I'd heard forever, you know, about mixed martial arts and UFC and get, you know, why don't you fight in the UFC? I'm like, yeah, how do you get in? You know, mm -hmm. stories about ways to get in and tournaments and all this stuff that really didn't exist and I had no idea. But, you know, I finally, I did, some guy saw me fight and I got in the UFC and I went to it and it was, it was, it was an interesting experience. You know, first time getting out there back in the old days, you know, you got out there, you flew out the day, day of weigh-ins, you know, they fly out the day of weigh-ins. You're, you know, I was taking, and we connected because it was Louisiana. I think it was it. <laughs> yeah. So we're flying in, and so I'd start kind of. I I was gonna the weigh-ins had started when I when I landed, so I started cutting weight at at my connection <laughs> with plastics on, and I started cutting weight. So I'm running around putting cutting weight, and then poor. I mean, I, I think back to the poor poor guys that sat next to me <laughs> on the plane, <laughs> still dripping in my plastics, and then. Got off and they cut weight. And we went, we went and weighed in. And we went and weighed in. And I'm fighting Noe Hernandez. He steps on, gets off. And it, it's a bathroom scale. Oh, right. <laughs> it, it was it was a bathroom scale, like but not like a digital bathroom scale, like one that had a little a little wheel on it. And so I go, I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I cut weight for this. And I got I got on. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I made weight. And they go, Hey, Noe Hernandez, Noe's two two pounds overweight. Is that okay? I'm like, on this scale? Are you kidding? I mean, I'm a wrestler. Yeah, on this scale, he's fine. Right. right. <laughs> He'll be okay. I'm like, get him back over here. I'll show him how to be on weight. He's got to move around a little bit. I'm like, I, but I, it, was, it was kind of one of those things like, man, I mean, the big, I thought I, made, I just thought I made the big time. You know, I'm, I'm going to fight on TV and UFC, and then I got some bathroom scale. Actually, what a funny story with that, too, is like the first time the video came out, I went over, I went to, uh, I think it was a, blockbuster video we went in there and I'm, i saw it on the thing i had my i made the cover of the video right all right and my first word oh, look i'm on a video that got, got the video rented the video took it home went to watch it they cut my fight out i was the first because i was the first fight of the night on pay-per-view uh-huh but for the video they cut that fight out like so i didn't, I didn't make the video so i'm on the cover <laughs> but I, did, I did not watch the video did not make my fight did not make the video <laughs> There's so much that you just spoke about there. So, so you used to start your 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 cutting the day of the weigh-in. Yeah. Well, I I get my weight to a reasonable amount of water. I, I like I lose my water weight. I, I I didn't like losing more than like ten pounds of water weight. Mm -hmm. I know I made some mistakes. I made mistakes cutting weight. Sometimes I've done worse, way worse. I did, I think the worst I did was a nineteen and a half in a day. That much of a cut in one day. It was one day. In one day. One day, and I and I had a way. It was a day of weighing too. How do you cut nineteen pounds in one day? All water, a lot of sauna time, and uh, and plastics. But uh, it wasn't easy, and I was I was cramping when I was warming up for that fight. Oh my gosh! So plastics would be kind of like a plastic sweatsuit. Yeah, I think like a plastic suit just do it's a plastic all you know. Put your sweats on over it. 
it keeps all that heat in and makes you sweat really fast. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, when I, when I got, when I'm good, I got good at it. My end of my career. I mean, I, I like, like, uh, cutting like 10 pounds, eight to 10 pounds a day of, and I do that in like an hour and a half. It, it, be easy in an easy work, just kind of warm up in plastics. Wow. Because I was fully hydrated, I can drop a lot of water weight fast. But like, and actually, the way they do it now, they weigh you in in the morning, they do a ceremonial weigh in later. Because they used to weigh us in at, at three o'clock or four o'clock, whatever the real weigh ins were. The ceremonial weigh ins were the real weigh ins. Right. So you had to wait till then. So, and I actually would get up around 11 and start cutting out rest that, that weight, cut the weight off. And because I slept in, through my whole career. So I, it would have been weird for me to have to get up and cut weight in the morning. Right. You know, because I actually have to, now you have to get up and wait, make that weight in the morning. I guess I go back to sleep, but it, you know, it messes with your timing. Like I, I always slept during training camp. I go to sleep about two o'clock. I get up about 11. Mm. So, you know, I, I, because I, I adjusted my sleeping time. I didn't like, I always felt like I'm performing at nine o'clock at night. If, if I'm going to bed normally, going to bed at nine o'clock at night, my body's getting ready to go to sleep. Right, right, right. I, I like to, I like extended that. To, you know, I have my last workout about eight thirty uh, at night, and then I go to sleep about two. Mm. So I think it'd be really weird. It would have been weird for me to be now. I got to break my. I'd have to go to sleep early because I got to get up early to wake. It'd be a little weird. I don't like messing with my sleep schedule that much. So it would be a, an interesting change to. I don't know with the weight cutting. So when you mentioned that that Hernandez was two pounds over. Does that make like does that make a big difference in a fight? Two pounds? It depends. I mean, at, at at our weight, and we weren't. I mean, he wasn't cutting a lot of weight to get there. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't like like one of those guys just really cutting weight. I mean, I think at two hundred pounds, I don't think that makes a whole big deal difference. Right. I, I don't like when guys don't make weight. I mean, if it's you know these guys that miss by five ten pounds, they don't they don't even try. They get they even try. If you're not gonna try, tell me. You know, tell me ahead of time. Let's agree on fighting. Let's agree to fight at two hundred five and two ten or two fifteen, whatever you want to fight at. Yeah, but tell me beforehand, right? Yeah, because that that was it was one ninety nine back then. Because it went before they shifted to two hundred five. It was one ninety nine. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So who was kind of your first your first fight that put you on the map? Because Chuck Liddell, like we mentioned, legendary career, one of the main event marquee names for USC. So was it Kevin Randleman or was it Bustamante? Like what was the fight that kind of put you on the map as a big as a big name? For that it was I, I knocked out Kevin Randleman and Guy Metzger in three weeks. Ah, wow. I, no- I knocked out Kevin Randleman 
went on this big surprise. I think it was a, I was a huge underdog. He's coming down from heavyweight champ, moving to 205, going to take over 205. Right. And then I knocked him out in the first round. It was a minute 18. So that was like big shock to everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa who is this guy? And then when I went to, went to Prime and I fought Guy Metzger, who was a really tough, tough fighter. Well, then fought him and I knocked him out. And I was like, oh, hey, man, man, this guy's for real. It's funny, actually, Evan Randleman came up to me after that on the way back. He was, in, he was out there and we, we were going back, back to the, going back to the airport, and he's like, man, you know, I was really bummed out about getting knocked out by you, but, and you're pretty good. <laughs> he's like, well, uh, thank you. <laughs> Just sideways compliment, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty funny. How were you able to fight in pride when you were also fighting in UFC? Because you mentioned there was a rivalry between the two. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a, a different thing they did. It. Like a, it was like a three-way negotiation right after I knocked out Kevin Realm in a minute 18. Pride needed someone for that fight. I Metzger, they asked and, and asked the UFC, and then they kind of – we did a three-way negotiation because I was negotiating my new contract. Mm, gotcha. So it was like a, I, had a, I had a two-tier contract with the UFC, so they were, they were basically paying me to go over there. So they paid me twice when I got paid. They got paid twice that – twice when I got paid – fight Randleman to fight Guy Metzger. They, then they also, from there, my, I had two, a two-tier contract. If I beat Guy Metzger, it went this way. If I lost and I come back, I still had, I'm still on contract with them, but I would be at a different path. Sideways, right? Yeah. So it worked out. I went, in, you know, I went out there I won. I was always bet on myself. So mm. went out there and won, and it worked out good for me. Now, that's a pretty quick turnaround to have two fights in three weeks, right? That usually is not the case. Yeah, I know you're not the case, but like for me, like if you're healthy and you're like, it was almost like I, I was, I, I was healthy coming out of the fight. I didn't get hurt at all. It was just, it, all I had to do is I took a week off and, and took a, basically took a really light week and then put in my trip, like a, put in a game plan mm-hmm. and uh, then it was off to go fight again and get paid again. So was, I was like getting paid twice for one camp. So, so when you're talking about now, you're you're kind of a big draw. And you had so many classic fights. I mean, you know, you can kind of go through the list with with Ortiz and Overeem and Jackson and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who were some of those the guys that 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 were your your best rivals, shall we say? Well, obviously, the biggest one was always was always Tito. You know, he was dodging me and and I think back and forth, and he was always trash talking, always saying so. He was saying saying something stupid. Yeah, he brought me. He brought me up whenever he fought. Like I, I wasn't even fighting him. He bring me up. <laughs> but I, the biggest, biggest one was Couture. I mean, that was that was a big one for me. You know, he's a really tough fighter. I, you know, and I have a lot of respect for him as a fighter. And, and uh, we coached the first season Ultimate Fighter together. You know, that that was a big deal. I think the Ultimate Fighter obviously launched us into you know the popularity we are. I mean, I was that this sport would get there. I mean, we that that's really what launched us into being mainstream really quick. Why do you feel the Ultimate Fighter did that? You know, I think it, it got people able, were able one able to try it out, try it out for free. You know, they didn't have to pay to watch it, and it became like, and and then you get to see, learn how there were fighters, learn from people's personalities, you get you know associated with people, you know people, you you, can, you start rooting for people because uh, kind of get get to see who they are and and see see who they. How much work they put into it, and then, and then you know, it didn't it didn't hurt that we had the Forrest and uh, Bonner fight. It was an amazing fight. I mean, that was just amazing back and forth, tough, 
you know, kind of showed all the different elements of, of MMA, and it was we couldn't ask for a better fight to end that end that show. Yeah, it was it's one of the all time classics, right? Right. You know, there was a lot of a lot of things fell into place, and and it, you know, for me, I, you know, then I went out the next next week and got to fight Randy again and get knocked him out the way I like to, you know, and win that fight in in a, in a quick, impressive fashion. So that that really uh, launched everything. Did you notice, like, were people recognize you, recognizing you on the street, and kind of were you noticing that you're kind of breaking through to the mainstream, so to speak? Oh yeah, it was it was night and day for after the, we did that show. It was night and day. I mean, it was like it went from me being able to look through a, a mall and go, "Okay, that guy probably knows who I am with the tap out shirt on," and that guy probably <laughs> yeah, knows who I am. Right, that guy over there. People walking by, I got no like 50 year old lady. Hey, great fight the other night. Like, <laughs> just random people just walking. Hey, can I, can I get a picture? Hey, can I, you know, so yeah, it went in that fast. Just from doing that show, you know, and then winning the title, uh, you know, it just exploded. You know, you mentioned that, that you thought that UFC would always get that big. Why did you feel that? Because like we said at the beginning, it was kind of painted with a barbaric brush and, and you know, you couldn't get sanctioned and all this sort of thing. What, what, what about it made you think it would get breakthrough to the mainstream? I mean, it's, it's just a great sport. I think it's an amazing sport. Um, if you like combat sports, you've got to love it. Right. Maybe watch it. love it. But I think it, it, what it needed was what, you know, Dana and the Fertitas did. They went in and they, they got it sanctioned. Instead of running from, from place to place where they could hide from being sanctioned, they went out and looked to get it sanctioned. Like, we need to get this sanctioned and get it approved in, in these states. And they were able to they were able to do that. And here, that's where we are today. When you talk about Ortiz, and you said he, he, he kind of had a little bit of a, I don't know, shall we say like a like an Ali type thing to him where he would say a lot of trash talking and all that sort of thing. But that that's just promoting the fight, right? Like that kind of adds more drama and mystique to it. Well, with him, he was more, he would do it more in a, he, I, I always thought like it was always more of a personal thing and then it was always, you know, he he, seemed, he had that attitude outside the ring and outside when you're never, you have guys that'll do that and, you know, had guys go, hey man, they'll talk trash right before they come in the back room, in the back room, they're like, you know, hey, what's up, man? Go right, right, right. Yeah, hey, how you doing, Chuck? Hey man, set it up for you if you want to fight, you know, go ahead, go back out, you know, guys like that, you know, it's great. You know, it's it's cool. Like I don't care. Like I, you know, I don't like. I, I'm not a big one for big trash talking flashy guys. I get it. You know, guys like Conor McGregor, man, he he does a great job getting in guys' heads. Mm-hmm. I always say that the Aldo fight, like when he fought Aldo, he won that fight in the trash talking. Right. He got he got in Aldo's head. Aldo, I've never seen Aldo run across the ring and, and attack someone like that. Ran across the ring, attack, attack someone like that. Aldo's a guy that feels you out, kind of beat beats you up out and then out, f- figures you out and then, then destroys you, you know, picks you apart, destroys you, stays back, boom. And I thought maybe he could beat him with those leg kicks. I thought maybe that might be a way to beat him. But, uh, you know, when he ran across the ring and just got, he, he ran out trying to, try, trying to kill him and got <laughs> caught, you know. So, but, but, you know, and, and I get that. And, and that's, and those guys are, when you, but when you talk to him out of the ring, they, they have a little more clap. You know, you know, it was always, uh, you know, he's always kind of a, and like, you know, stuff like, he said stuff, weird stuff about, you know, I remember once he said something about, I don't date white trash bitches like Chuck on, on a radio interview in San Diego. He wasn't even fighting me. I'm like, what, what are you talking about, man? You don't, even know, you don't know my girlfriend. Mm. You don't know who I'm dating. You don't know, why are you going to mouth off like that? 
we actually had a conversation about that later because people asked me to squash it at a club. And my, it was him and his group, my group there, getting a little heated. So asked me to squash it with him. So I had to talk to him. I went, actually went up to him. I said, look, man. First off, my girlfriend, all the jokes. Second, you ever talk about my family and friends in a radio interview again? I swear to God, I'll come to your house and beat you in the living room. You know, you got that? So I'm sorry, man. I wasn't talking about her. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, he's just kind of a knucklehead. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I wish the funny thing is everyone thinks I hate him. I mean, I like, I, I don't hate the guy. I, I wish him the best. Mm-hmm. I hear he's a great, great dad to his kids. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's doing his thing, man. But I mean, I don't, I don't like the guy. I don't. But anyway, but it, it just really doesn't matter. But I, I just don't, I, I don't hate him. I mean, I, I don't. I wish him ill well. I, I hope he, I hope he does great. I hope his family's great. So, so you mentioned that that Aldo got it in his head with McGregor. How do you keep that from getting into your head when you're getting ready for a fight? Not liking someone or fighting someone I don't like it helps for motivation for training. Makes it easier to get up every day and train hard and do all that thing. But, but like for a fight, I, I'm. I, I think uh, emotion clouds judgment. So I, when I fight, I don't I don't fight with emotion. I'm not trying. I'm not angry at you. I'm not trying to. I mean, I'm trying to. I mean, I, I am trying to end you. I'm trying to hurt you when we're fighting. Mm-hmm. But when it's over, I hope you're all right. You know. So I, I, I am out there trying to hurt you, but I, I'm trying to in a very calculated way. I'm trying to set you up and trying to figure out how to figure out how to hurt you. Well, boxing is like that. You know, it's such a chess game and waiting for you know the guy to make a move. And you mentioned kickboxing. You mentioned wrestling. Are you doing the same? Are you waiting for someone to make a move? Are you watching their body, their eyes, their head? How did you do it? Well, you're watching everything, and you're trying. To, like you try, I'll throw things and see how they react to this. Do they react to that the same? Okay, I throw it again. Do they react to it the same way? Okay, now I'll throw something almost like that, and then throw something different. You know, it's like used to throw. You know, kickboxing. I did. I, I, I kick KOs in kickboxing. Wow! And they're all throwing me kicking the legs, kicking the leg, and then I fake the leg and come up. And I throw it almost like that, you know, with a little hook, a little kick, round kick up, and a catch, catch right in the head, bang. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but it was just that fake, you know. It's, it's, but I, I'm always saying throwing things. It's almost like a ball team that has like set plays, so I can figure out your defense. Yeah, you know, I guess there's things I I play with to see what. Okay, how's he react to this? Right. Okay, how's he react to that? Okay, now I try to make it look like that and land something else. Yeah, if I can get you, if, oh, okay, reacts. When I do this, he reacts now. Okay, boom, this hit. He'll be there next time. So kind of just changing things up. Gotcha. It's a lot of different things. Or just like I, I know you throw certain things that we see in film. Like, okay, when I do this, he'll do. He'll back up and do this. So I just throw. I'll just set up a combination for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one when I kicked Babu in the face, we worked on that because we we he did this big thing when he we come in throwing punches up top, throwing punches. He threw him like this and shoots. Mm-hmm. So we went, so I just started, I boom, 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 and keep, yeah, keep coming up, caught him right in the face. And that's it. And that was it. Yeah, it was over. But yeah, but it, we actually put that in for that, for that game plan, that, for that camp. We, we put that combination in. We'd set it up from that was watching film. So you watch a lot of film then and kind of get a sense of what a guy's habits are? Yeah, yeah. And then that's what, that's kind of where you set up where, Ahead of time, you're setting up what where his habits are, right? You see what his normal reactions are to other people. People react to different different styles and different things. So now you go out and see, okay, is he going to react that way to me too? Okay, you can try it right away. Boom, boom. Okay, yes, there it is. Ting, ting. It's really quick. Mm-hmm. And just different playing with different ways of playing, feeling guys out different ways. Gotcha. Like more more information you have going in, easier it is 
because then you can you don't have to start from, with nothing. If you go find a guy you've never seen before, you know, first time now now you got to really kind of feel him out and play him out a little bit. If you've seen him a bunch before, then then you can kind of start you start ahead of the game. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's talk about some of your uh, most famous fights. I, I was kind of looking through some of them and, and, and pulled some of my favorites out and just kind of get your, your, your thoughts on a few of them. Maybe one of the greatest fights in UFC history is from 79 versus, uh, versus Wanderlei Silva. Do you feel that's one of the greatest fights in the history of UFC? I mean, kind of critically acclaimed is as being. I, I think, it, I mean, it was one of those things that was so anticipated and so waited for for so long. Yeah. And I really think, you know, because they, they didn't have the five round, it, that should have been a five round fight. I mean, I wish, I, and I wish back then they weren't allowed to, it was just the title fights for, for five rounds. So what was it, just three rounds or? It was just three rounds. So I think now nowadays it would have been a five round because it was semi-main event that they would have made it a five round or two. And I think both of us would have liked another, another two rounds. I mean, we're both still going at it. We're still, still ready to go. You know, it, it was a, it was a great fight. And, uh, I wish it happened a few years before that when it should have when we were both holding titles. That's when it really should have happened back when we were both champions. And uh, you know, he was a pride champion. I was UFC champion. And it would have been, and they talked, there was a little talk about them putting us together back then. And I, I, I think that would have been, would have been, would have been better. But it, it was, it was great to finally get that fight in. You know, that was like the one fight that, you know, had eluded me that I'd, I'd wanted for my whole career. So, why? Uh, why did that fight not happen back when he was in Pride? Just political reasons? Yeah, just because the, the two two companies weren't they, they didn't they didn't inter- intermix too often. How about uh, Couture Two, Liddell Couture Two? I think that was after um, you guys. That was right after. That was one right after Ultimate Fighter. That was uh, you know I just won the show. My by my team just won the show, and then I got to go out there and, and beat him. And I think I think it was the first time. Uh, like I had a pay per view um, bonus after after uh, I hit a threshold. It was the first time we hit the pay per view bonus threshold where I got pay per view bonus on that fight too. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. And and was he one of your that like you mentioned before? What was it about Couture that made him one of your kind of favorite rivals? He was a great fighter. Came came down from a heavyweight champ, you know, and and beat me in that first fight. And you know, I knew I could beat him. I knew I knew what I needed to do. And I I got the I got finally got that another shot at him. And I got to go out there and beat him. And not, and I, you know, he he fought some really tough heavyweight fighters that were great knockout guys and hadn't been knocked out. I was the first guy to knock him out, and so that was. Uh, I, I mean, I think that that was just. I mean, everyone asked me what my favorite fight was. If I had to pick one, that that was that would have to be it because I, you know, I finally got. I thought, well, I finally got the title. I got the Avenger loss, and I was beat up at that loss. I was so, I was devastated by that loss. Not not because I lost to Randy. But because they let Tito off the hook, it was it made him not. He was he was maybe not going to have to fight me now. You know he'd been dodging me and and and, and now he wasn't going to wasn't going to have to fight me. And I, I was really bummed about that. So that was one of those things that you know, having uh, 
Randy, uh, you know, get, get that, get that shot, shot back at that title. What do you feel your best fight with Tito was? Well, I, the first one was, it was my, my, my favorite. I got <laughs> to go out there and, and beat him up. You knocked him out, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah. I knocked him out shortly after the second round. And, you know, I had a torn MCL in that fight too. Um, I, if you watch that, go back and watch the fight. At the end of the first round, I could throw a kick at his head. I'm at, got him against the cage. I throw a kick at his head, and they, you know, see it. But I'm walking back to the corner. I'm saying, "Okay, don't let, him, don't let, him, don't let him see guy. Don't, don't get, I don't want to give him any confidence. I want to like feel because I, I, cause it was like uh, I hit, hit it wrong. It would like seize up, kind of like I, I'd have a hard time walk, walking a little bit. So I was like, okay, don't let, concentrate. Don't let, don't let, don't let. Get back to the corner. Not kicking again. Done kicking. That's enough kicking. Then uh, part of the next round, shortly after next round started, I knocked him out. So I threw like uh, I threw like like count twenty three punches in like seven seconds. Last seven seconds that round, I landed probably most of them. <laughs> it, it's interesting that you say that though. Like when you're talking about don't you know in, in wrestling we call it sell it. Like don't sell the leg. Don't let them know that your leg is hurt. Do you have to do or did you have to do that quite often in your fights to kind of mask an injury so they don't go after it? Well, I, not 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 that often, but every once in a while, we always went in with some kind of neck or neck. You know, the little. I mean, training training for fights is hard. You know, get training camps harder than the fights most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I fought a couple times torn MCLs, um, but I, I really with injuries, I was really pretty lucky. I, I for, for my career and all all the time I've spent, you know, doing wrestling and football and and fighting, I think. Oh no! I I got I got through it with a pretty uh, healthy, you know, and, and, didn't, and didn't have any major injuries, causing any major problems. It's hard. Like you you retired in two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten. Yeah. Right. So, but and then you came back for the fight once again with Tito in eighteen. Was it was it hard to come back eight years later and get back into that mindset of Chuck Liddell, the legendary killer? It wasn't hard to get back in the mindset. I mean, I, I love being back in the gym, back training, back doing it. I love that. But, you know, just getting everything back. And, you know, I, I really didn't realize, realize I needed uh, I needed neck surgery before the fight. I, you know, I, did, I didn't know I had I, – I, my, my, it's like I'd worn out like the disc, right? So it's slipping, so it's tapping. So I, I lost balance, my, my equilibrium when I closed my eyes. Right. So I needed, I, I'm balancing with my – I use my eyes to cheat and balance. I couldn't stand on one foot when my eyes closed. Oh, wow. Because afterwards, I went to get some stem cell stuff in, in my shoulders down in uh, a bioaccelerator down in, uh, in Columbia. And, and they, uh, they helped me out. They got, I got both my shoulders. It was great. I mean, I, I used to not be up. Like, I got to a point where I couldn't take my jacket off. I had asked my wife to take my jacket off for me. Um, but now, now I'm back to normal. It's, it was really great for that. But then I, I had them do. Um, Stems out of my neck, like middle of my back, because I was hurting a little bit. And then I did my knee. And they they did a MRI before they did on my neck, mm-hmm. on my back, and my neck. And they're like, "Um, have you had any MRI? Have you had someone look at this? Because you probably get someone to look at this when you get home. Because I uh, probably need something done." I'm like, no, "I'm fine." I, they asked me, "Are you having any problems with your balance and coordination?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> they're like, Okay, well, maybe you need to check that. So I waited about a month and a half after I got home. My wife finally goes, Chuck, um, you're having problems with your balance and coordination a little bit. You're, 
you know, you, you should go get this check. So I went and got an MRI. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine, but whatever. I'm going to go to get an MRI. With, uh, so I went to get an MRI, have my, my doc look at it, and he's like, so you're having problems with the balance and coordination. I'm like, why do people keep saying this? I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. I just fought. I'm, I'm fine. And they're like, he's like, well, really, do me a favor. Go stand on the other side of the room. Uh, now, close your eyes and walk me heel toe. And I like try to take one step. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. I'm like, whoa. Well, then I tried again, couldn't do it. He's like, come, okay, now come over, stand on one foot. And yeah, that's how you know. I was, okay, now close your eyes and do it. Like, really? Yeah. And I, like, oh, damn, okay. So what do we do? And like, and then they had, uh, yeah, well, basically it got around, they had to fuse my neck. But it's, it's better now. Like, and I, they said, that's, it's fine. It's one level fusion with it, but, mm. and now it's fine. I mean, I was, I did walking out of the, like after the surgery, I walking out, I wasn't the best line I walked, but I could walk a line with my eyes closed. It was pretty good. So, so you never even, re- never even realized it until they pointed it out to you, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it. And I'm like, well, you know, you just kind of feel like, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was going back to training. You feel like, well, I'm coming back after eight years. I'm maybe I'm, mm-hmm. I've lost a step here and there. And maybe that's why this isn't working exactly like it used to. And, you know, but it's all right. I'm, I'm doing good. And I, I thought I got in great shape and I was ready to go from the fight. And, you know, it's what it is. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What made you step back uh, from the sport in 2010? Well, you know, the thing was, is that people, you know, everybody was telling me that they always had reasons why you can't, you don't have the chin you used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, used to be able to hit me out of the brick and I see it keep coming out. You know, and I started to get, and my last fight that I, when I lost to uh, Rich Franklin, you know, Rich Franklin is this guy that should be able, isn't a guy that should be able to knock me out with one punch. He's a guy that can knock you out with a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put something together and knock you out. But um, him not catching me, and I, I think I might have knocked myself out a little bit with that headbutt too. But right, but it's still, I wasn't able to take a punch like I used to. And, and I had a lot of people give me reasons why, but not tell me how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if enough, I can't compete at that level. I didn't want to at the top level or trying to prove that I was really what I was trying to prove is that I was the best where I do. And so I can't compete at that compete at that level. I was kind of. I was ready to be done. So, you know, then I came back, you know, and I thought, well, maybe with all that time off, maybe my, my brain healed and maybe, uh, maybe this stuff will never make it easier. I can still take a better punch. But obviously not. So <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So, Do you have any uh, nagging injuries now from your time fighting? Because you had, a, like, so many wars in, in that octagon. Well, I mean, I, I had a partial knee replacement. I had the next use, but other than that, I mean, and my shoulders are beat up, you know, they said, but that nothing I need surgery on. I mean, they, they, stem cells really helped that out. Actually. I'm really, it's one of those things I'm for that, for that injury. It, it worked great. You know, they did a great job. Um, but, uh, yeah, for my, but I can still do everything pretty much for what I put my body through. I'm pretty, I feel pretty, pretty blessed. 
I know a lot of guys that have gotten the stem cell treatment. That seems to be a really kind of a, a, a big healing element in, in this day and age. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, it's really hard to say what it, what it, I don't know what it helps for and what it doesn't exactly. I'm not sure exactly, but, but for my shoulders, I, it was night and day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't put like, I, I couldn't put my suitcase up in a in a overhead thing in a plane. I mean, because it had gotten to that point with my my shoulders. I'm like, you know, I, and I had problems with my shoulders all through. I mean, I used to. I remember before Randall and I, I'm like, I mean, I think I shot this one up three times, this one up twice. Mm. You know, before you know, before fights. But actually, that was actually before. Um, that was all before the Ultimate Fighter. And then Ultimate Fighter, I think I went and got checked, and they looked at both my knees and talked about me getting surgery because I was having issues inside my knees. I tore my MCL three times on one side, twice on the other, mm-hmm. so I had some problems with with my my knees. And then they were talking. I went into Curlin Job, and they, I, they actually I went into the doctor in Vegas, and he said, "Oh, I think you need surgery on both knees to get it fixed." And I went into the guy Curlin Job, and and uh, they, but he sent me there to go get a second opinion, and they said, "Well, normal five years ago we would have done surgery on both, but now we found that surgery, you know, it's fifty-fifty whether it does anything better. So, do me a favor and go home and ice after every workout and before you go to bed, and tell me if it does any better. If they start doing any better, and they started doing a lot better. So I thought, well, you know what? I have that problem with my shoulders when whenever I." It ramp up for a fight did they get sore by the end of it where i have to shoot them up mm-hmm. maybe if i ice them every day and once before i go to bed um they'll get better so i started doing ice baths something like that oh wow i do i be I, I do two a day i do one, one after afternoon training then one before i went to bed and i didn't i didn't shoot my shoulders up again for uh, all the way to it was from 2004 to I didn't try. I never had to shoot them up again, and my knees worked better. I started kicking again, more a lot more. So, I mean, that ice icing after every workout really helps. Makes a big difference, right? I and I love I love ice baths. I mean, I don't <laughs> never now. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not not a masochist. I, I do not like them for. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 it sucks. It still sucks every time I get in one, but but uh, they save my, my my career for for extending it for a long time. Wow! So an ice bath can do that for you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're doing it every day. It helps helps with all the little injuries, and I think it, it for me it helps. This, this is like a wear, like a you know, there's a lot of volume. My shoulders should be a lot of volume. They started getting hurt real bad, so keeping that volume down, so it doesn't keep getting swollen more and more. So, how long do you stay in the ice bath for? Well, I I, I used to do 20 minutes all the time. Now that they say, I mean, I don't think you need to do that. I mean, I think 10 minutes is fine. <laughs> like I, I, but I was like, I, I got twenty minutes in my head for a long time, and I just did twenty minutes. And part of it was just kind of get in, in every twenty minutes sucked, <laughs> right? But uh, I, I never got any better. I got a nice bath. I did that ultimate expedition show. I did weird. I got in the river, thirty four degrees, right? Like my ice bath was right around fifty five, <laughs> fifty eight. It was thirty four degrees, and I told him, "Oh, I'm gonna do ten minutes," and I'm like. When I got in there, I'm like, man, did I just tell him on camera I'm going to do 10 minutes? Damn it. I guess I'm going to do 10 minutes. This is cold. In Canada, they call that the Polar Bear Club. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was cool, though. I mean, it, made, it made me feel better that day. <laughs> what was your relationship uh, with, with Dana White, and how did you enjoy working for him with him? Dana was my manager. He came in 
and that before they bought the UFC, he was my manager. Oh wow! Actually, he managed me and Tito at that same time. So we uh, we had a friend, mutual friend that uh, uh, introduced us uh, to him, and, and you know, Dana was the guy who went out and was trying to get you know other sponsors, like in other or other publications and stuff. He was trying to get us in something other than Black Belt Magazine, or not. That there's anything wrong with Black Belt Magazine. I was really stoked to be a Black Belt Magazine because. I grew up reading Black Magic magazine, so, I, <laughs> so did that I. was cool for me. So, but like, but getting crossover stuff, like he was really into getting it. And I did a lot of a lot of th- a lot of things I've done over over my career, and which helped me extend my career past the UFC has been the crossover stuff I did trying to promote our sport. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a lot of stuff, like even like Dancing with the Stars. I think you did that Dancing with the Stars too. Right? We we are a Dance with the Stars alumni. How how'd you like that? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, it was one of those things that you used to tell your body what to do. It just does it. Mm-hmm. And it was dancing, it doesn't quite, it's not quite the same. <laughs> right. It's like my natural reaction, like to get, I get behind on steps is to get in a, an athletic position and get there. Right. Well, once I, once I get out of that standing straight up position and I start bending over and get, getting there fast. Now she's got to travel three times the distance to get to where she's got to be. Uh, you know, so I mess, mess her up. I think in a later show, she actually said, she called me on the, she texted me apart. Hey, I'm sorry. I just called you a, said you like a Sherman tank. Like, I'm like, I don't really consider that a. Yeah, it's not really a cut down. That's okay with me. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but she's like, cause she was saying, you know, she can't back lead us. Like, like, I, like you have probably the same problem. Your dancer can't back lead you. You go the wrong way. She's got to go. I mean, at my size, like with a little dance, she can't just pull me back into my spot. You know, so, so she was like, I can't, like, with the guy, and she, that's what she basically said. She said that, he's like, uh, I'm out there, if he goes the wrong way, we have to go that way because he's like a Sherman tank. Like, I can't, I can't just move. Who, who is your partner? Anna Trevin Scott. Oh, gotcha, yeah. To me, to me, the thing that got me was just how much time you have to put into it to really get to some semblance of decency. Like, you have to be in there eight hours a day, seven hours a day, like six, seven days a week. Oh, yeah, I was in there, I, I think she was getting tired of me. I mean, I was like trying, just trying to get get moves down. You know, it's, it's not easy. And then, you know, I like it was one of those things. Like as soon as I get something down, she adds something to it. Mm-hmm. I go now. Now I need your facial expression to be better. Now I need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it takes a lot of guts to do that, though, man. Yeah, but yeah, but I and people ask me. I thought, what what other show like is not our demographic, you know, that's definitely not our demographic. And, you know, it's a, cro- a good, great crossover for us for a, as a fighter, like bring people into, you know, seeing that we're trying to back then, you know, a lot of people with the thing was really like, a, there's still people thinking we're like a bunch of Neanderthals. Yeah. So they would get those people seeing we're, you're a regular person. You know, we're still a normal person. I'm a father, a guy, kids. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's a cool, it was a cool experience. And talk about people knowing who you are. I mean, that that show was a completely different level of 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 fan base for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. When people come, hey, you're the you're the guy from Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah, I was a world champion too, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never had so many fifty year old ladies in the grocery store uh, ask me for my autograph until I did that. <laughs> so are you still an ambassador of ufc is that kind of one of the roles that you that you put yourself into in this day and age always i'm a i'm an ambassador of mixed martial arts i mean i, I love mixed martial arts and ufc has been great to me i'm always good good with them mm-hmm. you know it's like the nfl 
mixed martial arts. Yeah, you know, it's where, where the big big boys fight. So it's always going to be, and they're always going to be the uh, some great great fighters and great fights at, at the UFC. So they've been they've been putting together some great cards lately too. So they're awesome. Who uh, who are your favorites to watch these days? Adam Saya, I, I like that kid. You know, he's a kid that I, you know, I really didn't like his attitude before I met him. I met him in a, I was in Saudi Arabia with him for a few days. I really, really liked him. Like, he's a good, good kid. You know, he's one of those guys, you know, very outspoken and gets a little, but he's, he's a good kid. I like him. Um, who, who else is the big, big name right now that I like to watch? Um, well, I mean, the big, the big matches come up is Masvidal and, you know, he's got a lot of steam right now. He's kind of a big draw. I always like Maswell. Maswell's a great, you know, he, he, just, just his attitude. I, all those guys like that. Uh, and I love to see Glover. Glover Tech Sarah's my, my boy. He's doing, he's doing really good. I think he's getting a, get a shot at the title again. And that would be great. Although he pulls that one off. He's a, he's a stud. And he's just, his attitude about fighting. He's just a, he, he's a good dude. Do you notice a lot of difference in techniques in the 2021 from when you were fighting back in 2010 and earlier? I mean, there's, everyone keeps – the sports keeps evolving. Guys get better at mixing it together. I think the biggest part of it is they're getting better at mixing it stuff together and being able – being more well-rounded and being, being less, you know, uh, one, one-dimensional. So it's always been that, that you had to get more and more. But I think as we, as we go, people will get more and more – I think still you see some people that, that don't mix for they go from wrestling to jiu-jitsu to striking. Like sometimes they get stuck in one, you know, they over, get overstuck in one. Like I used to get some of my guys, their kickboxing guy, right? He go in, the guy shoot on him, he'd sprawl and, and fight it, fight it off, and then he body lock the guy. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you body locking him? Like you, you don't even know what to do with a body lock. <laughs> you know, push off and, and push off and start hitting him again. Stop right. Wrestling. Or like I even brought you even drop the single. I'm drop, what do you? You don't know what you don't know how to finish a single. <laughs> Why are you grabbing his leg? <laughs> you don't know what to do with that. Why are you there? And one of the big things is you know most of the guys nowadays are coming in. They started fighting mixed martial arts. Right. When I when we started the sport, you know, everybody usually came from one dis- discipline, either striking discipline, or wrestling, or a, or a ground, and had to learn the other two. And like I think one of the advantages I had in the beginning was I came from kickboxing and wrestling. Mm-hmm. I had to jitsu, so you know I was able to to mix things together a little faster because I I, I had two of the elements, and one of them was the wrestling that I was, I was good defense, and I was a really good defensive wrestler. I, falling and and so i was able to stay on my feet and use the rest in the strike right 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 last few questions for you chuck uh what is your your favorite knockout that you ever gave and what's the worst knockout that you ever took you know the worst i'll start with the worst knockout i ever took that's the hardest one to say because i mean you go back and look at them yeah you know and you go back and look at them and you're like okay that one looked really bad (laughs) right that one i ended up real bad but you don't remember any of them. You know, when you get knocked out, you, you, you lose a little bit of time. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really don't actually remember getting knocked out. So I remember guys that hit hard, you know, that they hit hard that didn't knock me out. I remember getting my, I mean, uh, Vanderlei broke my belt once, one of the times. I'm being, okay, hey, okay, here we are. We're here, we're, <laughs> we're in there. And I, he can hit, man. My favorite knockout, I mean, it, like I said, it, go, it goes back to, a guy Mexican knockout was pretty pretty vicious. Um, 
like I actually I had a had one Steve Heath like I, that one I actually had the one the one I had the day of land I did there's a head kick knockout that one was pretty vicious he was, he, he was I didn't I was worried I was actually we were on Santa the car worried I, both those those two I was worried about the guys getting up they didn't they took a long they, they didn't move long enough where I was like oh, oh wow well man you're right but they they're, they're both fine but, you know if I have to pick one it still goes back to that first the second Randy fight where I knocked Randy out you know. And then the, after that, the second Randy fight where I knocked him out again and proven it wasn't a fluke. It's like, like he beat me the first time and I knocked him out pretty quick in the first. And the second time, and a lot of people were saying, oh, it was a fluke. He just got lucky. And so doing, doing it again in the second one, I'm not sure which one of those is, is my favorite, but it's one of those two. Last question for you. What's the fight you're most proud of? Yeah, I, I think I come, it comes back to the, the Randy. The, you know, I was knocking him out and winning the title I've been after for so long. You know, I mean, it was fun to knock Tito out and show everybody I could do that. I do what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we used to train together, and I, the way I, he could do nothing to me in training. He couldn't beat me in a straight wrestling match in training. He just happens to be the style of wrestler I was matched up perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, he's my favorite style of wrestler. He's a bully, muscling type of wrestler, and you're not going to muscle me, not in my way. Right. So, but yeah, it, it has to be that. That that that's the one that. I most most fight I'm most proud of. I mean, I, mean, I, I had some some great ones. I've had so many great fights. I mean, so many great experiences. You know, going through coming up. I mean, I thirty minutes straight in Brazil. My second mixed martial arts, real mixed martial arts fight. I was thirty minutes straight in Brazil, bare knuckle. Wow. One one round, thirty minutes. So it was interesting. I would go back and look at. It, there's like a net going from the bottom rope to the side, uh-huh. and I ended up with the guy stuck underneath the net. Oh. And I'm punching him through the net. <laughs> you guys, he's like in a, stuck in a net and getting hit in the face yeah. through the net. <laughs> Back in the early days, you wouldn't get that anymore. Uh, that was like the crazy days. Yeah. Well, Chuck, it's been great talking to you, man. Like I said, you've had a legendary career both in and out of the octagon, and uh, look forward to hearing your podcast. It was great to, to get a chance to chat with you, man. Yeah, great talking to you, man. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Take it easy, bro. 